God with us. That's what it's all about. You know, and and there are things that we have added to that that have become, you know, special to us and and the festivities of Christmas and, and all of those things, and they're okay. Um, but, boy, I'll tell you, we, we would be uh, remiss if we were to forget the importance of, of the birth of the Christ and what that meant to the world, even today, and how the simplicity of it, when you think of um, the birth of the Son of God. Well, you would think that there would be, gr- you know, great grandeur, you know, and and um, the best of accommodations, you know, and, <clears throat> and the best of clothing, the best of um, housing, and <laughs> and all of that. But it was just the opposite, wasn't it? Brothers and sisters, that didn't happen by chance. That was God's plan. That it be humble and lowly. And though we would think if if this was God's son, wouldn't he wouldn't he want this great fanfare, you know, this great, uh, you know, parades and in all of these things, you know, to usher in the the birth of the Son of God, you know. But no, it wasn't that way, was it? They barely had clothes for him. They just had cloths, right? They just had cloths that they wrapped him in. They didn't have a, a beautiful cradle with velvet lining and, and gold and, and silver and diamonds all around this crate. No. He was placed in a box of wood where they put the animal's feed, right? And so they, they took that box and they just put some hay in it and maybe laid some, some more cloths in there so that it wouldn't be so rough. And they, they put baby Jesus there. Yeah. And they weren't in a uh, hotel that was well-known in the area, were they? No, they were, they were not in some palace Somewhere were they? No, they were in a a manger with the animals. They weren't even in a a cheap hotel. <laughs> you know, sometimes we'll stay in a a a, a five star hotel. Then you get the one one star hotel, and maybe you stayed in one of those. I've stayed in a few of those got out as soon as I could, (laughs) right? But they weren't even in that, were they? They were in a stable where the animals were kept. Isn't that something? So what's the deal? Why, if this child was so great and so longed for and so anticipated and, and so waited for, why the humbleness of the birth of the Christ child. Why the, let's talk about the delivery of the message of the birth of the Christ child. Who was given the assignment, if you will, 
to deliver that message. The shepherds that were out in the fields watching their flocks by night, right? And then a great multitude of the angels. So here we have a little bit of fanfare, but it has nothing to do with man. It's all in the heavenlies, right? And so we do have some fanfare here where the angels and the multitudes come and it says they were sore afraid, right? They were scared to death, right? And, but these angels delivered to the shepherds. And at the risk of saying this over and over, I can't say it enough, that the shepherds were not what they are today. They're not, they were not um, upright people. They were not. And they were looked down upon in many cases by society. It was a very lowly position. And if you look into um, what these kind of people were, in many cases they were thieves, some of them, and, and they were not well spoken of, all right? And um, they were not rich or financially uh, you know, fit, if you will, by any means. And yet, God in his plan gave the assignment of the message that the Christ child was born to these lowly people, to these lowly people. So we've got the, the greatest message to ever be delivered and that would ever be delivered was delivered to people that were unseemingly, that were, that were not really qualified to do such a thing. And yet they were the ones to go and tell all the people about the birth of the Christ child. Why would God do something like that? Why would he allow his son to be born in a stable, in a, a lowly manger? Why would he allow, allow the, the greatest message to ever be given to be given to such lowly people? Well, there's one answer to that, brothers and sisters. Had it not been for this case, the lowly humility in every portion of it, then mankind would look at it as though it is unachievable to have relationship with God because God is so high and lofty. And, and so they're looking at this from a uh, human perspective, right? And so if the Christ child was born with all the fanfare and was born with all of these great, great things, then they wouldn't feel a part of it, right? Because most of the people were not that way. But because Jesus was born in such lowly circumstances, 
the lowliness of mankind can feel as though they can take part in that. That it was not too lofty for them to enter into part of this. And so God then involves humanity in the birth of his son. You and I now become part of the story. And this humility of the birth of the Savior that would live 33 years a sinless life and would become the sacrifice once for all. All of us now are included in salvation. And the scriptures say that from the foundations of the earth, you were crucified. You were crucified from the foundations of the earth. So from before the plan was ever put in place, the plan was for Jesus to go to the cross. And though now we celebrate the birth of this beautiful baby, right? And, and it's so sweet and so lovely. We sing songs like, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky Look down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Yeah, you know it. And we sing those songs at this time of year, no other time of the year, really. We, we, we don't touch those songs. But there's, there's something in it that is, that is special. I think about the wise men that came from afar, following a star that they'd never seen before. And the star was moving. And so they followed the star from their own homelands to the place where the child was born. And they brought gifts. And they gave them to the family expensive gifts. And this child, this baby that we sing songs about, did not remain a baby. He grew up just like you and I. With the call of God on him, the spirit of God in him. And he gave himself once for all as a sacrifice. Why? Why? What is, what is the thing that demanded sacrifice? What is, what is it that caused this beautiful baby to have to grow up as and become the sacrifice? What is it? It is our sin. It is our sin. You see, our sin, our disobedience, our rejection of God 
caused there to be a need for salvation. Because our sin always separates us from God. But the blood of the Christ. You see, Christ is not Jesus' last name, is it? It's a title, right? Christ meaning Savior, meaning Messiah. So Jesus the Christ is more accurate, but yeah. So Jesus became the Christ, the Messiah. There's 400 prophecies in the Old Testament that speak about the birth of the Christ child. And so for hundreds and hundreds of years, the people were waiting We're waiting for this. And in God's time, he brought it to completion. The plan of salvation for you and me was put in motion. (laughs) It was put in motion for you and me. The prophecies of the birth were fulfilled. Then would come the crucifixion of the Son of God. The only pure and spotless, they call him, the Lamb of God. That's not just a nickname, that's another title. The Lamb of God who was crucified, who was sacrificed for you and for me. That's love, friends. That's unconditional love. And the scriptures say, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor present nor Future, nor height, nor depth, nor this, nor that. And he goes on and he lists a whole bunch of things. And at the end, he comes back and he says, shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, when Christ died on that cross, his blood became part of us. His blood becomes our sanctification, our justification, what we needed to be placed back in right standing with God. That's always God's desire, that we are in right standing with Him. But our sin separates us from Him. But the blood of Jesus covers And washes away all of our sin. Bible says that he casts our, talking about our sin, he casts our sin in a sea of forgetfulness. A sea of forgetfulness. And he remembers them no more. Why is that? Is he forgetful? No, it's because... The void that was created by our sin was filled 
the vacuum was filled with the blood of Christ Jesus. Mm. As we celebrate Christmas and the season, the season of giving, may we give the glory due to Jesus. May we give the proper praise and admiration for what he did. And in John 3.16, for God so, you can say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's exactly what he did. Isn't that something? Would you stand with me today? God is good and his mercy endures forever for all generations for you and for me, for our children and our children's children and and so on. God is love, the Bible says. In Romans it says that, for God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Christ Jesus died while we were yet sinners. You see, he didn't wait for us to, be, to somehow become clean or didn't wait for us to come back. Or He, di- he didn't wait. He, he did it in spite of the state of our sin. He loved and loves us in spite of our wrongs. He loves us in spite of our rejection of Him. So much so that He gave His only begotten Son. Friends, that's love like this world has never known and will never know besides Christ. I pray that you feel loved today. I pray that as we consider every part of Christmas, you know, the gatherings, maybe we'll be gathering with family, maybe we'll be having Christmas parties and worship nights and all of these things that our focus remains on Christ and what he did on our behalf. Let him pour out his love on you. May you receive, and I pray that you open your heart, that you open your heart to the message of Christmas. 
You know, there's a phrase that we hear, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And we think that that means, you know, there should be peace on earth between us. You know, let there be peace on earth. And that's a big humanistic sort of thing. But that's not what that's talking about. It's talking about peace on earth, peace between God and mankind because of Christ. It's not just a humanistic sort of peace where we get along, where we might be in unity over a certain topic. It's not it. It's so much more. That just That just pales in comparison. Peace on earth. Goodwill between God and mankind. Between God and you and me. That's what that means. Emmanuel, God with us. To bring us back to right standing with God the Father. Forgive our sins. Forgive our disobedience. Forgive our rejection of you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that through Christ Jesus, we can be back in right standing with you. That your favor would once again be upon us. And that you would look on us because of the blood of Christ with joy and with peace. May we receive, may we believe in Christ Jesus. May we believe that His blood was shed on our behalf and may we receive it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.